Respect that. That's corruption. I could make a fake snake. You not pee in the pool. You 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 you, you not pee on the barbie. All of myself is clean. <laughs> Broadcasting from a Chinese data center that contains video of Ryan watching TikTok for upwards of 300 hours in his lifetime. Take it away, MarkBot 5000. It's your boy, MarkBot 5000, and I'm back to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome to the Hard Mark Podcast. A show where Eric Donaldson, wrestling fan of over 30 years, and a nice person that I like a lot, introduces one match per show to his broken-footed friend, who has never watched wrestling. They talk about the backstory, they watch the match, and then they rank that match on their ever-growing list. The purpose of the show is to see what happens when someone that's never watched wrestling is introduced to its most significant matches. And let's bring out the star of the show. A little masturbating turd boy that spends his free time putting his clammy fingers in dog butts. Then he refuses to wash his fingies. One time I was in the bathroom at Old Country Buffet and I saw the whole thing. And I was all like, hey man, that's fucking yucky. And then he just stared at me with his cold, dead expression. And he sniffed the longest sniff I've ever seen. Shit was fucking wild, bro. Anyways. Here comes local dog pervert, Blind Ryan Murphy. <laughs> nice, classy, as always. <laughs> I think that's a callback. It's been a bit now, but uh, at one point in time, Tequila Ryan showed up and claimed that if any dogs ever attacked his cats, he would, quote, put his finger in their, in their butt. You have to. <laughs> that's you're kind of contractually obligated to when you when yeah. you adopt a cat from a local shelter they they ask you point blank right there would you be willing to put your finger in a dog's butt to save this cat check that box and if you, and if you say no then hey you're you're leaving you're leaving catless that day so yeah. that's that's yeah. that's on you but yeah. uh thanks everybody for joining us for the wrestle talk here today ryan we thought i think we've got a good match i think we got a match that you're going to enjoy a lot less backstory than our last match the deadly game tournament but one that i think that you will appreciate uh obviously we do have some backstory here but i think i think it's again a goldilocks situation of you know this porridge is too hot this this one's too cold this one's just right i think my opinion, as the person who put my notes together, I think just just the right amount of backstory for you here today, sir. And I good. Know, I know he like a good story. I love a good story. <laughs> I love a good long backstory. <laughs> I, I know you do. So let's get right into it then. So a few episodes ago, we made a trip to the land of the rising sun. That's Japan, Ryan. And we watched our first match from the DDT promotion, which featured the Golden Lovers, comprised of Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. Now, that match that we saw was really about the Canadian-born Omega testing his skills against his longtime partner Ibushi and trying to prove that he was Ibushi's equal. Unfortunately for Omega, he came up a little bit short in that contest with Ibushi taking the win and getting a 10-year ban from the Budokan in the process. So if you recall, Kota Ibushi did a backflip, a moonsault off of the uh, balcony of the Budokan. That resulted in him getting a, a 10-year ban from that uh, from that building. So. Which is odd. Why is that odd? I thought it was a great move. Well, it was a great move, but they don't want people doing fucking flips for insurance purposes uh, f- at their arena. That's what brings people in, you know? That's what... <laughs> you want to have sold-out crowds or not, Budokan? Okay. Get, get off your fucking yeah. high horse. Yeah. Uh, but another result of Ibushi's success is that other companies were starting to take notice of the high-flying Golden Star. Namely, the largest wrestling company in Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling. So in 2013, Ibushi achieved the first for any Japanese wrestler as he signed contracts with both New Japan and DDT, competing for both companies simultaneously. 
That led to Ibushi becoming a bigger star than ever. Ibushi, who had traditionally competed as a junior heavyweight, began to add more size to his frame, uh, and he started to look to compete in the heavyweight division. Over time, Ibushi began to achieve more and more success in New Japan. He won the 2015 New Japan Cup, which I'm sure probably would have been on the top of your trophy list if we had thought to add that, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, (laughs) It's a single elimination tournament where the winner earns the right to challenge for any singles title in the company. So after he won that tournament, Ibushi made his intentions clear. He wanted to fight for the top championship in New Japan, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, a title that had eluded Ibushi in his years with the company and a title that would cement him as being a top star worldwide. But the current holder of that championship was no slouch. He is a man out to prove a point and establish himself as a worldwide superstar. He's a man that we've seen once before, AJ Styles. So AJ was featured in our match that is currently ranked number seven on our list. It was actually the very first triple threat match that we had ever seen. And Ryan had actually chosen AJ Styles to win. And he actually got the W as a result. So AJ's come through for you in the past. Keep saying actually. (laughs) I have a winning record right now, Erica. My record. My record speaks for itself. But since since that point, AJ has seen quite a few ups and downs in his career. So AJ was arguably one of the top five greatest wrestlers in the world in the mid-2000s. But he garnered a shocking lack of interest from the WWE as he was considered to be too small to be competitive with the big boys. So as a result, Styles had more or less resigned himself to being a big fish in a small pond of the second largest wrestling promotion in the United States, Total Nonstop Action, or TNA for short. But over time, it became clear that those in charge of TNA did not view Styles as having the same value as stars who had jumped to TNA from the WWE. And so after a decade of loyalty to the company, AJ was offered a contract for 60% less than what he had been making previously. So after a lot of thought, Styles made the decision to bet on himself. He quit TNA and eventually would land into New Japan. So AJ's first order of business was to align himself with the villainous Bullet Club. The Bullet Club were mostly a group of U.S. and other foreign wrestlers, so wrestlers from outside of Japan. They were not above cheating and other dirty tactics to get the advantage over their opponents. With the addition of AJ Styles and others, the Bullet Club would become the most influential faction of wrestlers since the NWO, which was headed by Hollywood Hogan in the 1990s. So AJ's second order of business after joining Bullet Club was to establish himself as the top dog in the company. And he did so by defeating Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship in his first match with the company. Clearly, New Japan saw quite a bit in styles. So this run in New Japan would serve as the catalyst for AJ's career. While he had always been considered a top-tier in-ring performer, detractors could always point to the fact that AJ's accomplishments were in the Bush Leagues of TNA taking place on a soundstage in Universal Studios. So with his success in New Japan against some of the greatest wrestlers in the world in some of the most historic venues in the world, no one could deny AJ Styles of being a world-class wrestler anymore. But while Styles was establishing his legacy as a world champion, we can't forget about the man looking to make a name at Styles' expense, Kota Ibushi. Uh, Probably the biggest element tying these two men together, Ibushi and Styles, is another member of the Bullet Club that just so happens to be ringside for this match. A man who had also made the jump from DDT to New Japan, but he had taken a decidedly different path than his golden lover partner by joining up with the dastardly Bullet Club in Kenny Omega. 
So in his quest to prove himself superior to Ibushi, Omega took a darker road, dubbing himself the cleaner and doing the Bullet Club's bidding in an attempt to shortcut his way to the top. This alignment meant that when AJ Styles was set to defend the IWGP title against Ibushi, AJ wanted the man that knew Ibushi better than anyone to be ringside, Kenny Omega. And so that is our match. We've got the phenomenal AJ Styles representing Bullet Club. He is going to be defending his IWB, IWGP championship against the Golden Star, Kota Ibushi. Meanwhile, Kenny Omega is ringside, but is he going to remain a loyal soldier in the Bullet Club ranks, or will his golden lover bring out the good in him? We're going to find out in Tokyo at Invasion Attack 2015. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Well <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll accept an applause break here. Any questions around anything that we're getting into? Uh, no, I don't have any questions. Okay. We've yeah. seen, so I don't know if the name Kotobushi rings a bell or if you have a visual here. He's, <laughs> we've commented on his emo uh, haircuts before. He had kind <laughs> of like a My Chemical Romance look to him. Um <laughs> A very in shape My Chemical Romance, but but nonetheless, yeah. uh, that AJ looks a little bit different than when when we saw him. It's, and for AJ, it's been so long since we've watched that match. I would not expect you to uh, remember him, but he's a very, very, very good wrestler. I, th- I think you'll you'll find. And again, you've picked him before, and, and I mean, I think you've even you've picked Kota Ibushi before as well. So these are two favorites for you heading up against each other. So no questions. Sounds like. No, I'm good. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So let's get into the data a little bit, then we'll watch this whole thing. So Ryan's record, 42, that's wins, 34, that's losses, and one, which is a draw. Uh, Ryan's in-person record, 20 wins, 18 losses. His virtual record for these virtual recordings, 22 wins, 16 losses, and one draw, which means Ryan is definitely cheating. Uh, he is a... <laughs> <laughs> Just play better away. <laughs> He's on a one match winning streak. Uh so he did win the uh the match between Mankind and the Rock, the end the finals of the Deadly Game tournament. Ryan's record in, in the city of Tokyo. What a what a city it is. A city of lights, they call it. Ryan's record in Tokyo three, four, and one. Uh Tokyo actually has the most matches that we've ever seen of, of an individual city so far. Just in case you were curious, uh, the the city with the second most matches that we've seen is New York with six matches in total. So we've seen eight in Tokyo, six in New York. And that's the tale of the tape, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I feel like you're waiting. <laughs> Bupkis. All right, that's fine. Let's, let's, wa- let's watch this match. It's not going to be. And so actually, I've got one other thing here. I've got good news, and I've got bad news for you here today, Ryan. The bad news is, so, and I know that you've you've looked down on these matches uh, previously. This match, unfortunately, does not have English commentary. Damn. Just <laughs> as an FYI. The, Dude, good, yeah. the good news is, this is the last match that we're going to be watching, as far as I'm aware of anyway, uh, that will not have English commentary. So everything moving forward, oh, even right. if it is a Japanese match, will have English-speaking commentary for you. <laughs> Well, good to know. But maybe you can like just enjoy the the enthusiasm of the Japanese announcers. You know how I feel about commentary. You're a big you commentary know. guy. A big commentary guy it makes yeah. or breaks the match potentially. So big, uh, big Chris Collinsworth fan over here. Big Chris Collinsworth fan. <laughs> <laughs> big, big time. Yeah. Troy Aikman yeah. loves him. He's got his poster up on his wall. Yeah. I'm looking at it right yeah. now. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's uh, again. There's probably not going to be any audio from the match just because it wouldn't it be unless anyone's fluent in Japanese. I don't know that you'd appreciate it so much, but we will watch the match. We will come back with our thoughts on AJ Styles versus Kota Ibushi for the IWGP, the International Wrestling Grand Prix P Grand Prix Championship after the break. Thanks very much. All right, we're back. We just watched AJ Styles, Kota Ibushi, IWGP Heavyweight Championship for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Ryan, what did you think of the match? It had some good moves. Um, uh-huh. You know, uh, 
that with the lack of commentary, with the lack of crowd, like the lack you know, of like, the crowd, uh, the crowd for the record was was into it. It is a different, and Japan is a different type of crowd Eric, than the Eric, United States. Have I ever shit on Japan wrestling once in my life? Uh, right. probably yes. Okay, but <laughs> very little, if if any. Uh-huh, um, I right. get it. I get it. It's I I understand. It's just you know. Uh, the whole thing, like I, the, the match was, and with these matches, I feel like we just, it's, it's very just like kind of back and forth. Mm-hmm. There's not as much, um, like theatrics with it, you know, like it's sure. just kind of for better or for worse like straight up. Like, you know, yeah. Pal, pal Abdul straight up. Now tell me. That's what it is. <laughs> so, so you liked the match or you didn't like the match. What, what's the consensus here? I struggled with the match a little bit. <laughs> Why is that? I just it just didn't have like it was it was very just back and forth kind of grappling and then there would be there was some of like the better moves I've seen in wrestling in a long time in this match I'll give it that like you know uh-huh. but the overall match itself like I just I couldn't tie myself into it as much. Hmm. Why be, you're blaming the commentary for this? Is that is that the excuse you're making? Blame, I, it par- may, that's maybe partly like you know like, <laughs> you gotta get drawn in somehow like I'm just like you know if you're just sitting there they're watching I think it's a big part of you know. Well, I've, I've picked but up I, on, on this as a, as a running theme. So, again, this is the final match, I believe, <laughs> that we will be watching that is not English commentary. Yeah, it's, like you said, it, it's not that they weren't excited and enthusiastic about it. I just can't understand it, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> it's really on me, like, not knowing. <laughs> not being fluent in Japanese, I do, yeah, I do yeah. p- put that blame on yeah. you. So. Well, let's talk about the match, my friend. So we, have, we watched the video which is sort of highlighting Ibushi's New Japan Cup win. He wins the tournament. They kind of show how the different matches that he participated in ended. And we have AJ Styles' comments about Ibushi, which is the sole little bit of English that we got during that uh, that match itself. That pivots over to the, the entrances. We have the classic IWGP sort of title uh, championship music, the little introduction, which I know you felt like you, you personally were being greeted to the arena with that little that exactly. pomp and, and fanfare greeting Ryan here Good. in Tokyo. Like that part. Best part of the match. <laughs> That's bullshit. Fuck, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, Bushi out is out first. He's holding the New Japan Cup. If you had to put the New Japan Cup on our ranking from from last episode of trophies, where would that go? Nice. It's I um goes above the Premier League. You know, <laughs> definitely not last. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't quite the size of the Stanley Cup, but it was big. It was big. It had a crown on it. You know, like <laughs> it did. It had a crown. Yeah. It had I thought it was a. That was a big crown, you know. He put on a real, <laughs> real tall, tall crown. Yeah. Burger King Kids Club. Yeah, were you a exactly. burger? Were you a Burger King guy, or were you a McDonald's kid growing up? Ah, Burger King. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Pretty sure. Yeah. Have we talked about that? Uh, we've talked about your love of Burger King as an adult. I didn't realize that okay. that extended okay. to your childhood. Yeah, big kids meal, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> big, big kids. I this may have been phased out by the time you were a, a young lad. Was the Burger King's Kids Club still around when you were growing up? Not that I recall. I think they they probably did switch it to. Well, I don't know. What did you get? Like, did you get? Well, it was like a series first. of characters that were featured on on your kids meal uh, with uh, with all the Burger King's Kids Club. In fact, you know what? We'll take a quick aside since I think we're uh, we we need to we we need to vamp a bit anyway. Uh, Burger Kids. Here we go. I remember Kid Vid. Kid Vid is the main one that I remember. He had like cool sunglasses on. In fact, you know what? I'll just uh, uh, can I post that? Yeah, I'll post. I'll post this for you. Hold on. Let me find a, a big blown up version of all these cool kids. That sounds awesome. Burger King did it right. You know, through and through. Yeah. Just Google Burger King's Kids Club. You'll see it. The, the only thing, the main thing I remember, there was Kid Vid who had like fucking like ski goggles on and he, you know, looked real cool. And then there was a kid in a, in a wheelchair. Those were the main, the main ones this, that I remember. This reminds me of like the magic school bus. Yeah, a little bit. I think it was meant to kind of, yeah, do that. But like, yeah. you know, when they give you your bag of food, the Burger King yeah. Kids Club would be all over it. Uh, that, that sort of thing. Yeah, no, it's a nice touch. You know, they uh, were they were more real life versions of uh, of the McDonald Land characters. Your your Mayor McCheese, your Hamburglar, your Ronald mm, McDonald, mm. etc. Your Fry Guys, 
Grimace. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one yeah. of these days we'll rank the McDonald Land characters. Uh, I wouldn't be good at that. <laughs> that's that's wouldn't a be interesting. It's a shocking revelation. But yeah. uh so yeah, so we've got uh Bushi out first. AJ then makes his entrance second. Uh Kenny Omega comes out with him. Uh, ringside, which uh, we'll we'll talk more about Kenny Omega's involvement in the match a little bit later, but you can kind of see he's there in the background. When they do have shots of Omega throughout the match, you can sell you can tell he's very conflicted. Like there's no point where he's like really excited or cheering for anybody. He's just kind of there, uh, looking looking dour, looking like he'd rather be anywhere else but there. But the AJ gives away the title. He doesn't want to give the title away, but uh, the referee takes it nonetheless. Uh, I gotta say, right at the start here, a lot of great hair in in this match. There's a lot, there was a lot of great hair in the match. <laughs> that yeah, as far as ranking like the hair in the match, <laughs> yeah, top five. Fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah. awesome. Fucking amazing. If you were solely going by the hair in the match, but we're not. But we're not. Uh, the, the match itself starts. They both begin circling one another. We have a series of of grapples, and and at b- this point in time, we were kind of talking a little bit. I think, for better or for worse, it's not to everybody's taste, but it definitely the beginning of a New Japan match feels much much more like a sport than the beginning of say a a WWF WWE match which again is not to everybody's taste i like it a lot but uh i don't know how you found kind of that initial sort of feeling out period to be yeah I, like it's 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 different i feel like i've gone i've swung so far from like what i thought wrestling was to like what it actually is and now you get these matches thrown in and i'm just like you know back to square one back to them actually like fighting like real fighting <laughs> you know, like i'm i'm ready for like this you know Steve Austin, you know, like entrance here with, you know, like right with the glass shattering and people going fucking ape shit and et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. This is a little kickboxing action. It's just different. I got it. I got yeah. I got to adjust back and forth. So, um, yeah. I, I don't. I don't even like when I'm watching wrestling. Like, I don't even like that style. Like, because it, it's the beginning of the match. You know, it's not going anywhere for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, like throw something right off the bat, like big. Get me interested. You know, like <laughs> throw somebody off the top of a cell. <laughs> quickly you know <laughs> quickly don't waste yeah. my time with not throwing people off the top right, of cells right. get right to the meat of the matter and throw that motherfucker off the top of the fucking cell that makes sense to me i like so the story of the match said if i had to kind of boil it down into just a sentence or two aj very 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 confident in his abilities and and, and the fact that kota Ibushi, while a great athlete not ready to face AJ Styles just yet. And so the beginning of the match is really kind of driving that point home. You can see AJ sort of out-wrestling Ibushi. At certain points, he's even saying out loud, you're not ready for me, as he's kind of counter-wrestling Ibushi. And because he's so cocky, because he's so arrogant, that leaves openings for Ibushi to kind of come back and then start countering AJ Styles himself. So you have a little bit of that kind of going on uh, towards the beginning. Uh, I think it really starts kind of picking up when Ibushi hits a big Hurricane Rana onto AJ Styles, with se- which sends AJ outside to the ring to sort of regain his bearings, etc. We've got a series of chain wrestling. Each guy are trying to kind of get a quick pin over one another. And then the first of the attempts for the Styles clash. So AJ Styles finishing maneuver, he essentially kind of holds the guy upside down, gets their arms uh, kind of around his own legs, and then just pancakes them down to the mat, which uh, was the finishing maneuver of the match, but that wouldn't happen for another, you know, 20, 30 minutes or so uh, beyond beyond this. But there was a number of teases of AJ attempting to hit the Styles Clash before it actually happened in the match. That, uh, let's see, we'll jump ahead a little bit. <laughs> of all the things to jump out at you, and like I'm not saying there weren't other moves that also you stood out in your mind. I think the first thing that you felt uh, strong enough about to comment on is very, very subtle, but... AJ gets thrown into the ropes, holds on to the ropes, and then Abushi goes to like leapfrog or dropkick or something. But hey, AJ's not there. He holds on to the ropes. Never seen it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've seen it before. No. Well, okay. All right. Maybe. But I 
not that I recall. Um, like it's always that's a, you, you hit the ropes, you you slingshot back in, mm-hmm. you're getting you know you're getting clothesline, like or some <laughs> or some, just some form of that. This he. he I've never seen someone try to avoid it. It's kind of interesting. I'm yeah. surprised that didn't. I'm surprised that wasn't enough of an incentive to have you pick AJ Styles, the wrestling IQ on that man, to not bounce back as a, at his opponent. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe. Like, I didn't. I guess I didn't see it that way. But like, yeah, maybe. Like, I mean, what would have happened if he had? Because all you know, all Bushido was jumping the air pretty much to like right. You know, or, well, I mean, I it's, uh, it's unclear, like, did Abushi when he went to, like, jump, was he going to right. dropkick Styles and yeah. then just kind of yeah. adjusted in air when he saw Styles wasn't bouncing back at him? Was he just trying to leapfrog? We don't know. Good good on both of them, all right? Well played on both <laughs> sides, all right? I'm just saying, because you were, you were playing armchair quarterback over there for the latter half of that match, and so I'm just trying to point out there were some high wrestling IQ moments scattered throughout. I didn't think it was a low IQ match. I thought <laughs> I thought it was maybe like sometimes poorly executed, but I say it was low IQ. Poorly executed. Yeah. Well, we're gonna get to the poorly executed bit uh, right now, as a matter of fact. So, okay, so Abushi goes for his uh, springboard moonsault. It's called the Golden Triangle, where essentially he starts in the ring, kind of jumps to the turnbuckle uh, area outside and then just does a backflip to his opponent. Fucking so... Uh, actually, no, this wasn't when he actually hit it. I apologize. So he goes for it. AJ jumps up to the apron, puts a stop to it. AJ gets knocked down to the floor. Abushi goes for it again. Styles avoids it and then hits a German suplex to Abushi. So we, they kind of tease the big jumping dive out to the floor, but this isn't actually where, where that happened. And then there's a tease that Ibushi's going to get counted out. There's a point where at the 18 second mark of the 20 second count, he actually falls out like right on his head. Another continued chapter in the storied rivalry between Kota Ibushi and his own neck. But then we have, here's the thing that I think is probably the best about AJ Styles. Everything he does looks great. Even simple shit looks great. Like I just I have a note here. Knee drop from AJ Styles. Nobody does as simple of a move as a knee drop like AJ. On, like the back onto the knee. Uh just just like he, jumping and then landing knee first. Like simple shit uh, like I'm going to clothesline the guy in the corner. I'm going like he puts this flair on all of his moves that's just that no nobody else does these moves the way that AJ does. Also, another compliment for AJ, his selling is great. Anytime he gets hit with a big fucking move, it looks fantastic every single time. Yeah, I mean, I thought at least one of the moves I saw was probably one of the better moves I've seen like in in a long time. Like, um, uh, which one was that? I'm trying to. Remember. Well, he, he like jumped off the ropes, and the the way he like stood in the air, like or you know, like the way he. Oh, oh! I think it was the big forearm. He basically springboarded yeah. off the top rope. He calls that the phenomenal forearm, and yeah, it just it looks like fucking death. I, it was. It was. It was an incredible move. Like, yeah, um, I didn't really notice how like uh, these other moves were performed. That that I didn't, you know, um, keep an eye out for that. But that move in particular, if he's, you know, that was that was insane. I haven't seen a move like that in a long time. He moves his body in such a way as it looks like it's just generating all this force because he's not like a huge yeah. guy. So it's yeah. up to him to kind of make everything look look good. And I think that's probably one of his biggest strengths as a as a wrestler. But. Uh, back to our notes here. <laughs> One of my favorite bits. I always love a good cocky pin. That's there's no way it's going to win the match. But anytime somebody puts their foot up on their opponent's chest, hits the big double bicep, I fucking love that. I that's that's I know, wrestling. I, I just, that's wrestling. I, I heard you. I, I I heard you do something over the match. I could barely hear, but like you know, I, I heard something come from Eric when that happened. I was like, <laughs> I laughed. You're cheering, or you know, yeah, it's the best. It's it's the greatest. Yeah. It's the greatest shit. But we've got a big backbreaker to Ibushi. Uh, another another one of Ryan's favorite uh, favorite maneuvers. AJ Styles goes for a suplex. Ibushi counters it. Ibushi starts fighting away at Styles. Big drop kick from AJ, which sends. Uh, Kota Ibushi out to the out to ringside outside of the ring and then we have our first shot of Kenny Omega in the match which uh, I know we talked about this a little bit already but 
I mean, the the running theme with Omega is he looks very conflicted throughout the the entire contest. But AJ picks up Ibushi. They're outside of the ring now. Kind of trash talks Ibushi uh, in front of the the belt, the IWGP title. It says, "You're n- this is the closest you're going to get to it. And then kind of hangmans him, drops him sternum throat first onto the guardrail uh, yeah. right in front of the announcers. Then we go inside a little. They slow the action down a little bit. We've got some submission holds. We've got an Indian death lock by AJ Styles. We've got some rear chin locks, etc. Uh, the crowd begins chanting Ibushi, but <laughs> if you're asking Ryan, he wouldn't know that because apparently the crowd's fucking sucked. But uh, they... <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen a Japanese crowd like standing standing. Because that would, that, would, that would block the view of the person behind you, which is very rude. They're not a rude yeah, people. I I respect that. Have <laughs> I complained one time? No. Uh, no, just uh, eight or nine times. That's all. But um, we got some round kicks. Abushi's kicks look fucking great. Every time he hits uh, a kick, it's always always looks fantastic. Uh, Styles then catches the leg during one of those big round kicks. Starts delivering some elbows to the knee. Low drop kick to Abushi, which also looked fucking great. And then Styles begins working on Abushi's leg bit by bit. Uh, as he's going for another low drop kick, Abushi, which may be my favorite move of the match, there's a bit where AJ is going for a low drop kick to like the ankle of Abushi, so he's kind of like sliding in like a, a tackle in soccer, and then Abushi jumps up and just double stomps AJ into the in the stomach, uh, which again, great great s- series of maneuvers there. Then we have a the, the <laughs> this is going to be. I'm not going to get all up in arms about this, even though Ryan's going to be a shithead about it. The most exciting, the most probably like death defying maneuver of the, of the match. We've got the official golden triangle moonsault. So Kota Ibushi, a lot of times he jumps to the second rope from inside of the ring. This, he jumps to the very top rope. There's like kind of like this metal bracket thing between the post for the turnbuckle and the buckle itself. He he jumps onto that and in one fluid motion backflips onto AJ Styles. And so again, incredible incredible athleticism and this is the point where i pivot over to ryan to shit all over it unnecessarily i don't think i if it, just go watch the clip he missed he uh-huh <laughs> he he I mean, do we need to re- he missed he, he was off they he had to aj to reach his arms out <laughs> to, to, to catch him like to get like any I mean, come on, he's, he's way too far to the left. Generally generally speaking, every time that you dive out to the floor, it is your opponent's job to try and catch you. Now, yeah, but he, but okay, okay, all right, fine. But then at least like land, you can catch him, but like he, he was so far to the left that he couldn't even get his arms out there. Like, who are you blaming for this? Well, I, that's a good question. Good Good question. It was a good move. It was a great, like, crazy. In the moment, you were blaming Ibushi, but I don't know that it's his fault. I was, but now that you bring it up, I maybe, like, AJ was in the wrong spot. Like, I would say that that's fair. Yes. I would Um, say that that's fair. I'm not taking anything away. Like I said, the move was great. It was awesome. But, like, you know, like, it didn't, the end, there's no ending to the movie. He just kind of, like, reached his arms. I was like, oh, like, he fell. And I was like, someone, someone missed somewhere. I think you, I think Koto Ibushi deserves an apology. But uh, that be as it, be, that be as it may, <laughs> we'll move along. Uh, the business is starting to pick up in this match. We've got a big springboard drop kick from Ibushi onto Styles. That was probably one of the greatest selling uh, moments from from AJ throughout this match. We've got a big leg up from Styles, classic, harkening back to episode one of this fine program. Big power slam from Ibushi, uh, moonsault. I think that was a standing moonsault, if I'm not mistaken. German suplex to AJ Styles. Uh, Ibushi's officially taking control. He's trying to get AJ on the top rope. AJ counters, uh, and then he's oh, another one of my favorite moves in this match. I really like this match quite a bit, in case you couldn't tell. But AJ, he counters. Ibushi trying to get him up on the top rope and he does kind of like your standard snap suplex, but he does it into the turnbuckle and, and Ibushi again lands right in his head from it. Just 
Was this where he was on the outside of the outside of the? No, the this rings? is inside of the ring. You're on the inside. Actually. Yeah, this yeah. is inside of the ring. But like, basically, Ibushi's lower back hits like the turnbuckle thing, and all I can do is just land head and neck first down from from there. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, then we've got a big uh, moon salt from AJ Styles, which he turns into a reverse DDT. So he basically does a backflip, catches. Kota Bushi's head and then immediately drives it backwards. Another highlight of the match. Um, then we've got a strike exchange between the two. We have Pele kicks from both men, which again, Ryan shit all over. Uh, it was essentially it's a backflip kick, and Ryan's like, they didn't even hit each other, which they did for the record. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> Barely. Um, yeah. Then we have the final. Not to warrant the reaction. We got. Okay, sure. Whatever, pal. Uh, then Styles hits the phenomenal forearm. Again, Ryan's favorite move of the match. Uh, then we've got... Uh, da, da, we'll jump ahead a little bit. So the calf killer. So AJ Styles has begun at this point in his career using a move called the calf killer. Uh, that was kind of one of his finishers along with the Styles clash. It's basically just a way of kind of dislocating the knee joint, that type of thing. We've got a big lariat from Styles, but when Styles going for uh, a big top rope Styles clash, Ibushi fights his way out of it. Uh, he hits a big springboard Hurricane Rana from the top rope, which is basically just using your legs to flip your opponent behind you. Uh, Bushi then hits a big power bomb, a lariat to AJ Styles. AJ's fucking out of it. This is the time for Bushi, which in I don't think we've mentioned this. Kota Bushi was Ryan's pick. Bushi's like, this is my time. This is my chance. I gotta, I, I gotta finish this whole thing. So he climbs up. He's gonna go for the Phoenix Splash, and then who should appear up on the apron? Kenny. By God, Omega. Uh, and Omega doesn't even do anything. He just he just gets... Okay, all right. I, this is a Ryan. No, Ryan's no. doing his stance <laughs> no, like okay, he's got a whole okay. thing to say. No, I, I thought he was going to play a role in this match, which I think... He did. My decision. No, he didn't. Okay, okay. All right. Go go ahead. Okay, fine. At least in the match, he didn't. Like, I, I expected, you know, some, some outside coming in. Something more egregious. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's fine, though. Whatever. Um, what were you thinking yeah. might happen? What were you sort of betting on? Was that is that Omega was going to kind of come to his senses and help his, his friend win? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I thought you played like an influence within the ring, like uh -huh. you know, some degree, I, which I which I thought would you know because uh, you you talked about it quite a bit in the beginning, like, and maybe I just didn't understand like the full. Spectrum of what like his influence was going to be during this. I don't know, but I uh -huh. thought like yeah, like all, you always see this happen, and then it fucks me later. Like so, yeah. <laughs> yes, in, did, in Western professional wrestling, you're correct. But we're in the <laughs> Far fine. East, my uh, friend. Are you talking about like is this is this towards the end of the match? Yeah, where we're kind of sitting up on the court. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. yeah. He his stare right right there. Like he. Uh, and then, like, you had to, like, wave him off, like, like you know, like, distract him, like. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. So, just to summarize, so the people listening kind of know what, what, what's going on here. So, Ibushi, again, he climbs up to the top rope. He's going to hit his finishing move, which is, like, a big twisting dive Phoenix Splash type of thing. And while he's getting set up to do that, his former partner, Kenny Omega, one half of the Golden Lovers, he gets up in the apron, and he's acting as if he's going to, like, push Ibushi down or something like that, but then he just kind of stops in his track. He seems very uncertain of himself, and then he just climbs back down. And so then they cut back to Ibushi, and, he, and, and Ibushi's just shaking his head. But in my opinion, that distraction, whether it was intentional or not, I think, you know, it's left vague as to what you know, Omega's attentions were, were going to be. But that distraction was enough time for AJ to kind of snap out of his stupor, get up to his feet, counter the Phoenix Splash, and then turn it into the Styles Clash, which ended with a victory for AJ Styles. And so the end of the match, you can see members of the Bullet Club, they jump into the ring, they're, they're celebrating. Omega there subtly in the background, he's kind of, he's wiping some tears away. He's sad. He's, he's, He's conflicted about costing his friend his opportunity for the for the world title. So that's kind of where we. Me. And he also cost Ryan. That's probably why he was wiping those tears away. He's very sad that he cost Ryan a, a victory here today. 
which brings Ryan's record to 42-35 and one. He's on a two-match, or no, he's on a one-match losing streak. Sorry. Let me, let me write this down. I don't think it's a streak. Uh, like a, a Lou Gehrig type of streak you got going on here. But uh, that's that's the match. Any Anything else worth mentioning before we rank it? Uh, no, no, I don't have anything. Then let's rank it. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I feel like I like where I put this. Um, I, so I had never seen this match. Oh, really? Until I was putting my notes together for it. So I've seen it once. And then, oh, of God. course, I just watched it with you. But um, I really liked it. I really enjoyed the match. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I yeah, maybe I'm just in a mood. I don't know. Like, I, just, could, uh, I mean, yeah, your your soberness isn't agreeing with I, you. I I could be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like uh, I wonder how these would rank if I watched them all sober. <laughs> They're all fucking awful. <laughs> um, Wrestling a, a drunk person sport. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I mean, I would put this probably like in the top of like, okay. Uh, I didn't really get attached to this match at all. Um, let's see. So in the okay section right now, the top of okay, the very top of okay is macho man, Randy Savage versus diamond Dallas page. That match was a falls count anywhere match. They brawled in the barbecue pit. Um, <laughs> they, they, they hit match. each other with a Weber grill at one point in time. Yeah, see this. I'm talking about this is that's fucking wrestling right there. Like, um, this, uh, the previous Kenny Omega Kota Ibushi match is currently ranked 41. I know, I and that's where I was. I don't even know if I want to put this in the top 40. Like, <laughs> okay, um, like it, it had like a, like a couple of nice, like it had one great move and then a couple of like really nice moves that didn't hit. Um, you know, so, uh-huh. I, you know, again, I can't understand the commentary and the fans, you know, like not, you know, totally into it. This is, yeah, I, I don't know, like, uh, 42, maybe 40. Oh. There's like a few Japanese matches. <laughs> yeah. You've got, you've started kind of forming a cluster of Japanese. I know. I don't know. The center of yeah, okay. But just so, I mean, they're also, uh, number well, 50 is one of our pops. two women's matches. If you want to target that one and intentionally. Bump that <laughs> no, I think, I think I'll put it misogynist. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe 40, oh, 42. Let's just put it there. Okay. All right. Yeah. New 42. Let me just update that really quick. Uh, All right, and I'll fill out all the all the rest later. But we've got a new number forty two. We've got a new okay match. For my own curiosity, what's next? Uh, what's next rep- episode? What's next? Wrestle talk here. Uh, okay. Wait, no. What is it? Oh, okay. We'll see. We'll. See. I I think you'll like it. Well, I don't know that for a fact, but uh, we'll we'll find out. But um, we gotta we gotta close this out. We gotta finish it now, Ryan. You gotta eat. Just waste. I'm sorry, I got some chicken. Yeah, and eight. This guy eats. Do you always eat at like eight p.m.? No, I usually eat like five thirty. I thought we talked. I thought you said you don't. You eat right before bed. Yeah, I go to bed pretty early. What time do you go to bed? I mean, I'm usually like, especially now, like I'm in bed by like six thirty-seven. Wait, really? What else would I do? <laughs> that's that's a, that's a good point. I don't know. Watch watch TikTok, yeah. maybe I'm not sure. But, I do watch TikTok while I'm in bed. But this guy, these guys, running two two to three hours behind on his eating. He could have very easily have eaten before we did this, but he didn't, and he didn't because of all of you. Which means, because of all of you, I need to give you some of Eric's wisdom tree. <laughs> Woo-wee. Pee. Poop. Poop, poop, pee. Poopy. Poopy doo-doo. Nipples. Nipple time. Nipple time for Ryan. 
we're doing, just keep that there. Just we're, bring we're, that doing bit, yeah. we're doing bits now. We're doing bit, yeah, echo bits. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, I am going to ask you the single most unnecessary question in the history of this podcast. Okay. And I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm going to do my best to pronounce this. Are you familiar with Rocco's Basilisk? <laughs> uh, no. Are you saying it right? I, I don't know. I've, I've only seen this in text. What is it? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> it's a thought experiment, Ryan. Uh, the, mm. sh- the, the short version of this thought experiment is that if there is a digital record of you not being in favor of artificial intelligence when the quote singularity happens in the future uh, you will be killed and or tortured if there's a thought or no a digital if record. there's a digital oh, record so of you not being in favor of artificial intelligence when when that becomes sentient in the future you will mm-hmm. be hunted down or punished assuming you're still alive assuming that when you know this all happens you're still Hmm. An entity, but the so that's the short version. Long version, not that this is that long. It's a thought experiment. Uh, there's an, in theory, there would be this all powerful but rogue artificial intelligence, like a Skynet type of situation that would punish every human being who did not contribute to bring about its existence. So it'd be pissed at anyone who did not help uh, it, it come to come to fruition, including those from the past who merely knew about it and did not support its development. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this, is this uh, new information for you? Oh, I've never heard of this. Yeah. No, I've, okay. I've never heard of this particular idea. Um, well, I just want to get out in front of this right now and just say, Ryan has I'm, been talking so much shit about artificial intelligence. <laughs> Me? I'm in favor of it. I think it could do a lot to benefit humanity. But Ryan, oh my god, he is so anti-artificial intelligence, it's not even funny. Yeah, you should see my search history. <laughs> yeah, no. Whew. It's just, how do I, how do I stop artificial intelligence? Is what Ryan yeah. is saying. Ryan right. has been searching, how do I stop artificial intelligence from happening? Me... Right. I've I will go on the record. I anytime I can, I always contribute to you know artificial intelligence fund for America. I'm you know very high on their contributor list. I, I'm subscribed to their quarterly newsletter. A board member, basically. Basically a board member. Yeah. Basically yeah. a board member. So this is not yeah. something you're familiar with. No, I've never. It's like a big thing. I've never heard of it. Um, I just I've heard like ideas about like you know like. Uh-huh. You know AI and what, the, but like I, this particular like expression, I've never heard of. No. Uh, I just kind of I was listening to a podcast recently, and they they brought this up as like a thing that was a known uh, a known thing. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's spelled R O K O S. I think that's the name of the user, like the username on a forum. So anytime you're yeah. talking about forum posts, you know it's got to be good. But uh, the the username of this person was Rocco or Ro- Rocco again R O K O. Uh, but again, it's it's from this message board. It was a uh, thought experiment from uh, a bunch of smart people were on this message board. It wasn't just like you know fucking Reddit or or 4chan or something. It was like a, a lot of very smart people on Reddit there. <laughs> discussing this type of stuff <laughs> but yeah i mean I'm, I'm looking and i see articles from slate everybody likes slate uh dated from 2014 but yeah this is like a, a thing there's even youtube videos here i'm seeing about it how to defeat roko's basilisk uh the uh, <laughs> here's another video the apocalypse as imagined by bozos so whew, i wouldn't want to be that guy when the when, when the reckoning comes yeah no i don't know i'm 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 like conflicted on ai <laughs> Really? Why? I think, oh, yeah, like, mm, I don't know. I think you just change everything. (laughs) (laughs) Are you worried about a Skynet type of situation, or is your fear more grounded in other other things? I just don't, like, I think, like, I think we'd have to, like, as a society, learn how to, like, adapt to it, and I don't know, like, we can't even fucking, like, COVID we can't figure out, you know, like, (laughs) like, we, we, we have so many problems right now that, like, AI sweeps in and, like, yeah, this starts getting really weird, and mm-hmm. I, I just I don't like and yeah, you, this ChatGPT thing. Like it's that's crazy. Like what I I will say, 
I already feel like I'm behind the eight ball because I feel like I'm like the only house that doesn't have like Alexa or that shit. That's probably, uh, probably a good thing. I don't have it either, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I live in a house with four men. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But like, I feel uh, like I'm the only one who doesn't have one of these like smart devices and stuff just because I've never really felt the need for one of these things. I'm sure it's cool, but I, I, I know that there's, you know, definitely some concerns of privacy and other things, et cetera. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think we're, I think we're starting to fall behind the times. Like, we used to always be like caught up with technology, and like your, your grandpa was like, "Oh, I can't figure out how to like tech." So <laughs> now, like, all this new shit's coming in. It's like, well, I don't understand it, so like, I'm scared of it, you know. And then, you know, like, um, so in AI, it's obviously like it's very powerful, like stuff. And I don't know how we're gonna react. It'll be, it'll be. I'll probably be. Well, no, I probably won't be dead. It's actually coming along pretty quick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Rocco's basilisk. It's right around the corner, Ryan. Yeah, no, maybe I'll speak more kindly. Um, <laughs> actually, this is a digital footprint. So this is a digital footprint. So now's your time to draw a line in the sand, one way or the other. Yeah, no, totally for it. Like, you know, <laughs> totally uh, for it. Contributing, yeah. Check my GitHub, my contributions on there, please. I not that this is uh, in my notes or anything, but one thing, I, one thing I did see recently that sort of ties in with this same subject i saw there was video of like a patrol drone that is going to work yeah. with like did you, did you see the same thing i saw something with like it was like i don't know if it was a drone like a dog oh this was like, like a, a flying dog, drone bro. thing oh yeah i mean which is fucking scary nuts. Shit, like it's super scary I mean, granted, yeah. it's not like it has guns on it or anything. It's just flying well, not around. Yet, Eric, all right, not yet. <laughs> it doesn't have lasers or any of that shit. But you know, it's just very future tech in a way that's like, huh? Uh, again, in and of itself, not like th- that uh, concerning. But still, like the idea of having that in my home, like, okay, you got to patrol the house while I'm gone is definitely a little like that's like the the step into maybe some of the things that people were imagining in the 50s. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like all this, like you think we could like we could barely handle what we have now. And like, you're going to put like drones out there and like let people like it's just going to be like insane. Like it's going to be insanity before AI gets, you know, to the point where. You know, it can, it can do it. it it's going to be like, you know, society handling AI. And like, that's just going to be a disaster, you know, like. No, everybody's smart in society, Ryan. It'll be fine. Everybody's uh, reputable. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm optimistic. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's, you know, has everyone's best interests at heart. It'll, it'll, it'll all be fine. But <laughs> all right. Uh, that's it. That's the whole thing. Basilisks, everybody. <laughs> Basilisks. But our next episode. Oh, I, I need didn't didn't update that. I don't know. Later in February, again, it's weekly. You can figure out when the next episode will be. But <laughs> if you're not hard, everybody get hard. Once you get hard, stay hard. Again, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're on all of them. Review us. Thanks. That's all, folks. <laughs> Nipple time for Ryan. <laughs>